Simon, if you could be any animal and wear any article of clothing, what would you be and wear? Why? What, what would you be? I would be an owl with a hat. A beanie, as we say. A toque. What? Yeah. Why is that your answer? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just decided it's going to be. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. No. Why is that your answer? Because when we decided to do this cold open, you decided that it was that's supposed to be Puss in Boots, baby. Why didn't you say Puss in Boots? No, because... <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Anyways, speaking of Puss in Boots, this week we'll review director Joel Crawford's DreamWorks animation flick, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I will inevitably bore Simon with my love of reality television. And we will chat about Netflix's arguably dumb decision to try to reduce password sharing. This is Split Focus Podcast, episode 102. That's not even the name of our podcast, goddammit. This <laughs> is Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, episode 102. <laughs> Hello there. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the escape room failure, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? How does it go? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, Simon Eady. How, how are you, my good friend? Um, referencing how we were uh, both failures, not just I, in getting out of that escape room that we did recently. However, let's be real. It's hard to do an escape room when you can't communicate. Because we don't talk outside this podcast, so let's be real. Like that—that's—that's a—that's a tough thing to accomplish. Exactly. That's why we failed. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got pretty far, all things considered. Maybe what we should uh, do is we should project our movements through the podcast, and then go to a escape room, and then go go back to the podcast, and then we'll get better and better as we go as we talk about the escape room failures on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many audience members will enjoy that conversation. It'll be incredibly enlightening. I agree completely. Yeah. Let's jump into it right now. Red door. Um, um, you put, yeah, put the magnet on the thing. Thing opens. Symbols on the ceiling. You match them. You're just imagining a escape room. What is this, like D&D &D escape room? Yeah. This isn't very effective, Adrian. That's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. So let's get into the TV and film news, shall we? Let's do it, baby. Let's do some like uh, quick bite news, as we call it, or quibby news. <laughs> <laughs> but this, uh, let's do some follow up for uh, for what we talked about last week. Last week we talked about James Cameron, um, how his somehow Avatar: The Way of Water movie is is breaking records, or it's, it's on the verge of breaking records. It just beat mm -hmm. uh, Spider Man: No Way Home for ticket sales. But uh, officially now, James Cameron's uh, Avatar: The Way of Water has uh, passed the $2 billion mark, Adrian, so that it's actually broken even, which is exactly the mark that James Cameron said it would have to hit in order for it to mm -hmm. break even. So somehow that's the break even point is $2 billion. Yeah. Insane. I agree completely, man. I think, I can't remember if you mentioned this last week, uh, but I just, I cannot fathom how Avatar is this popular. I just don't understand how so many people like this movie i feel or, or like this franchise like avatar the first avatar came out in like 2009 or whatever year it was and again i stand by the fact that i think it's a fine at best film with a very unoriginal concept uh with a neat world um i know you're a little bit warmer on it but it, like why do people like this it's just, i i can't wrap my head around it i know we should probably watch it we should probably add to the $2 billion. James really needs it. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I don't have an interest in going to the theater to watch this three plus hour long movie of a franchise I don't like. But I don't know. I want to go in and hopefully I'm pleasantly surprised. And I'm like, ooh, Avatar, the way of the water it was making me feel good. Like when I'm urinating a lot of water. What? You, you never have like a good pee and then you're like, ah. Oh. Damn, that was a good piss. Oh, I thought you were saying you're urinating water in the movie theater because it's so long. I think you're referencing the length of the movie being very long, and so therefore you're urinating during watching the movie. 
And so that's why you enjoy it. I don't know. I don't know why no, my mind went no. there, but it, what you how you said that wasn't very clear. So that's fair. You know what? I'll let, I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. The other small piece of quick bite, quick bite news is uh, Jeremy Renner is now at home, which is great. He's home from the hospital. Oh, that's good, man. But apparently, a little fact that we didn't know last week because we talked about this briefly last week. He was, of course, if you don't know, on New Year's Day he was crushed by his snowcat snowplow. Um, but the piece that we didn't know is that he broke 30 bones. 30. That's wild. I know. That's 30 more bones than I've ever broken, Simon. You never broke any bones? Never. Really? Huh. Yeah. Well, like, does, like, a nose, like, my nose bone didn't break, but, like, the cartilage broke when Ellie, like, bashed right. me in the face that one morning. But, like, the bone didn't yeah, actually break. So, yeah, I never broken a bone, at least as far as I'm aware. Have you broken a bone? I can't remember. Yes. I've broken my scaphoid bone. It's a tiny... Tiny bone on the base of the thumb. Oh no! It uh, it's funny. I I've I've played like hockey all of my life, and I've mm. never had as many injuries as I had playing basketball just for fun. You know, it's somewhere at a park, and I have barely played basketball. <laughs> like I mm. I rolled my ankle really badly. I completely wrecked my knee at one. Like scraped it, not wrecked it in terms of the bone, but like scraped it up completely falling, playing basketball and. The worst injury, which is such a stupid injury, is the scaphoid bone is so tiny at the base of the thumb. Tiny bone. And when it breaks, it has to be healed for six months because blood doesn't flow there very often. So it's a disaster because I was in a cast for six months of the of the beginning of my first year of university. Oh, no. So that's really shitty. Yeah, it sucks. You can't shower properly. How'd you play video games? I didn't know you back then. Um, I didn't know you back then. Like, how did you play video games? Good point. Maybe I didn't play video games. I don't really know. Well, it was the first oh six months God. of university, too. So I didn't really play as much. Like, I played PC back then. I was a PC gamer. So it was, it was a mouse. And I kind of hold a mouse. I think it was possible, but I didn't play. Like I didn't bring a PlayStation or anything like that to university, mm. so I just didn't do that. Um, it was mostly uh, watching TV shows and movies, I guess, back then. I remember watching oh. uh, distinctly Firefly, the first season of Firefly in my first season. Uh, first season, I guess it's my first season, but my first year of university in my uh, dorm room. Mm. It's very, uh, yeah, I don't very memorable. I smell Domino's pizza with that memory as well. It's bringing some... Uh, oh, that's awesome. I love how like yeah, memories... Bring back that nostalgia, that McDonald's ball pit yeah. nostalgia, Adrian. Oh. Yeah. McDonald's ball pit uh, coined by your brother. I like it. Yes. Bringing yeah. that back. Bringing that uh, reference back from... Uh, what is that? Episode 50 back. of the podcast or something like that? I don't remember. I think you like owed him like a toonie or something every time you said it. I don't remember. But yeah, memory. that's something you made up. But McDonald's Ball Pit, mm. just for the audience out there, just so you're aware, because this is a reboot of our podcast, is basically a and I it's really a concept designed to describe nostalgia. If you remember like going to the McDonald's Ball Pit, you know, in your local McDonald's, you're at the like the play place in your McDonald's, you get mm. this like idea, you can smell like kind of dirty socks and mm-hmm. like this smell oh, yeah. of plastic. There's this distinct oh, distinct yeah. memory you get. If you think of the McDonald's mm-hmm. ball pit and it was coined by my brother. So yeah. it wasn't me who made it up, but yeah, anyway. So that's kind of the the thing there. I don't know how we got from Jeremy Renner to stinky socks, but the last quick, quick bite oh. piece of uh, discussion that I'd like oh. to talk about there, Adrian, One is second. Netflix released. I'm, I'm listening, but I just, I, I cut onion just before this yeah. recording and then I touched my eye and now my oh, no. eyes is leaking, Simon. I love cooking. As you know. Anyways, continue. I'm going to keep on dabbing my eye. Thankfully, it's not my mouth that's crying. So I can still talk. What does that even mean? Your mouth would be dripping saliva? You'd be drooling? Drooling, I guess. Yeah. Like a like a bulldog looking at a delicious beef bone. I don't understand the reference with onions. If you put your mouth, your 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 hand with onion on it, on your mouth... Your mouth would start to drool. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, thankfully, well, you have. You don't cry out of your mouth. Is what I'm saying. You have rabies. I could. No, I don't have rabies. Thankfully, at least I love water. Don't we all? And I know, like, if you got rabies, you don't like water, right? Isn't that like a symptom? Yeah. Yeah. You stay away from water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. And I just drink water to prove you wrong right now. I don't got rabies. What I was saying before I was interrupted by your eye watering uh, was the Netflix sizzle reel was announced. It's like a two minute, two minute and thirty second video on mm-hmm. YouTube and various other places. But it's basically um, Netflix like showing off all of the teasers for all of these movies they have lined up for the year of 2023. 
Um, we mm-hmm. just started the the new year, and so they're they're trying to hype up, you know, subscribers or future subscribers to subscribe. And so they showed off Rebel Moon, which is the Zack Snyder movie um, directed movie, which is kind of like his, it was his concept of like space samurai. It was supposed to be like a Star Wars movie, but he got declined uh, by Disney to make it, so he just decided to make his own franchise. And so that's Rebel Moon. It was Heart of Stone cool. with um, uh, Gal Gadot. That's a like a spy movie, Extraction 2 with Chris Hemsworth, Pain Hustlers. It looks like I don't know exactly know what Pain Hustlers is. It looks like a another like um stock trading movie, but with Chris Evans and I think it was Emily Blunt. Oh, okay. If I recall correctly. You people with um Eddie Murphy. Jonah Hill. And Yeah. Yeah. Jonah Hill, which is crazy. Well, so that's cool. Yeah, quick, uh, I guess, spoiler to the end. That's one of the, my special streaming mentions this week, Simon. That movie's coming out. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we could potentially watch mm. it this week then. Uh, Murder Mystery 2, Adam Sandler. Maybe this is going to be his worst movie he's ever made because it was it Hubie Halloween. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't. No, Hubie Halloween slaps. That movie rocks. I, I, I don't know. Real quick aside, I watched the, I didn't ever finish the first Murder Mystery. I watched it with maybe 10, 15 minutes left. Uh, back in, I want to say June or July, when I was at like an Airbnb, um, I went with my girlfriend for her birthday and we were like watching it and I was just like, I am so tired. And I like shut it off. And the next morning I was like, I'm just not going to watch the rest of this. I don't care. It just wasn't interesting. I, I didn't like that movie. So I didn't even count that in the movies I watched last year, even though I technically watched like 90% of it. Um, Other movies uh, coming out. Uh, we got Luther, the Luther film, which is the Idris Elba detective franchise i guess Mm -hmm. which is based on the tv series and which has a by the way a killer like an amazing intro song from uh massive attack which i really appreciate and just remember that show mainly for that because i haven't seen that show in a long time it's off netflix Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know that i don't know if you saw that i didn't know that no i watched that like forever ago like i want to say like a decade ago almost I find it kind of ridiculous that it's off Netflix considering they're trying to hype this movie up and it's coming out mm-hmm. shortly and I can't watch the show because I didn't watch the last season. So it's like, I don't know. I don't think I can really get excited for this because there's no way for me to watch it on Netflix. So hopefully they bring it to Netflix before the movie comes out. That's all I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. In Canada, maybe it's in the States. Not sure. Anyway, I got a little distracted there. David Fincher movie. There's a David Fincher movie coming out. Director David Fincher's uh, directing a movie called The Killer with Michael Fassbender. That's oh, also coming okay. to Netflix this year too. Adrian, looking at the sizzle reel, I think I might have missed one or two films. Yeah. But which movies are you most excited for that you saw? And is there anything that stood out to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the one I'm easily most excited for is Rebel Moon. I'm a big Zack Snyder fan, even though I didn't like Army of the Dead, which came out last year. I thought that was kind of like a whatever movie. No, that was not good. Also Netflix. Yeah, but I, I like a lot of his other movies pretty much. Pretty much every other one of his movies that I've watched, uh, I quite enjoy. So I'm pretty stoked about this. It seems like a cool, you know, Star Wars-esque, you know, film. Um, that's... I hope maybe R rated the the brief thing that we saw from it seemed like super intense and like very um, action heavy. So I don't know. I, I'm definitely curious about that one and the f- extraction to the second extraction. Um, that seems interesting, I guess. Like the first one I thought was fine. Not a, not a amazing movie, but it was a f- fun action romp. One of the highest, I believe, highest viewed movies on Netflix of all mm. time so far. I think there was another movie that might have beat it recently, but it, it's like really Red Notice. Red Notice is like isn't the number one? Very badly reviewed. I didn't yeah. watch that. Me neither. Is it? Is it now the number one? I thought it was. I thought it was the number one. I might be wrong, but I'm like pretty certain it is. Extraction, I think, is at least top three. I'm fairly mm-hmm. certain. Like the first Extraction with Chris Hems- Hemsworth. But yeah. I actually thought that that heart of stone, like quick piece in the sizzle reel, I thought that was like Red Notice 2, because I know Gal Gadot is in Red Notice 1. Right. Yeah, I think they're maybe making a Red Notice 2. Obviously, it wasn't shown. You think they're going to call it Redder Notice? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) clever. Yeah, they should. (laughs) Hire me for your naming of movies. I'm really good at it. Yeah, you sure are. Mm-hmm. thanks man you sure are yeah okay anything else uh but yeah that's really the two main ones that like stand out to me i'll probably watch you people i'm not in any rush that seems kind of funny um and then you know david fincher makes good films so maybe i'll watch the killer as well otherwise nothing really what stands out to you my friend the killer 
for sure. Like mm-hmm. I am a huge David Fincher fan. I realize. I feel like I've watched in terms of his full filmography. I feel like I've watched. I don't know seventy percent of what he's made, and I feel like that's a lot compared to other directors. I feel like the the director I've seen the most movies by in terms of percentage, I think, is Christopher Nolan. So I'm a huge fan. Yeah, me too, probably. And then David Fincher just so happens to be up there. Like I, I just, I think there was like one summer in which I just watched. I think I wa- I hadn't seen Seven, so I watched that, and then I, I watched um, Fight Club for the for the first time, and that movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I watched uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is amazing. It's so good. Oh my goodness, it's very very good too. But yeah, Fight Club is like one of my favorite movies ever. So I'm a Big David Fincher fan, so it's a good watch. Yeah, I like that. I one. think that that's probably the one that stood out to me the most. And then I think Pain Hustlers could be interesting because the cast looks great. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also got Andy Garcia in it. If I didn't didn't mistake him in the in that trailer, you people kind of looks cool too. Honestly, I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious about it with Jonah Hill, who's like dating Eddie Murphy's daughter, and De- Eddie Murphy just looks like he's just going to give him a heck of a time. Yeah, so, he's like, and it's written yeah, it, by Hill as well, Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm, interesting. You have a little write up for it. You want me to just read the write up for it now, Simon? Should I skip ahead? Ow! Ah, hit my hands. Are you okay, man? <laughs> Is everything okay over there? You, you had lots of accidents today already. I know, I know, Simon. I'm worried about you. Um, but yeah, the you people. I'll just read it now. That's sure. Why not? Part of the special streaming mentions, but. It's uh, what I wrote is white guy Jonah Hill is marrying into a black family and the cultural backgrounds clash when he meets his bride to be's father, Eddie Murphy. Excellent. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Could be good. Could be good. We'll see. Yeah, it looks funny. We'll see. We're going to talk about Netflix more uh, in the in the rest of this episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. So stay tuned for that audience. But uh, Mm -hmm. until then, Adrian, I'm curious what you've been watching this week. What have you been watching? Tell me. Oh, Simon. Well, let me tell you. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about uh, one thing in particular that you definitely don't have any interest in, and that is the Netflix original reality TV show, The Circle. Oh boy! The fifth season came out. I watched that with my uh, uh, my girlfriend. She, uh, both of us, just I don't know. I've been getting into reality TV this past year, and there's some fun stuff. And The Circle is just one of those more fun shows where you know it's like eight. Plus, people live in a, an apartment. They are each in separate rooms. They don't actually see each other. And the only form of communication is through like the social media app called The Circle. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The season's fun. Like, I, I highly recommend this show if you are into like just mindless reality TV show, like sort of competition shows. They just rate each other who's the most popular. And then the person at the end that is voted the most liked uh, gets like 100 grand. So that's a fun watch. I'm excited. The Bachelor starts actually today, Simon. Oh, dear. So I'm going to watch um, The Bachelor tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. I've never seen a season of The Bachelor. I, I still can't believe this. I, it still shocks me about how much these reality shows, especially the dating reality shows, have, have gripped you. Mm. They have they have you in their, mm-hmm. their sights. And you, they're just not letting you go. Yeah, well, it, it, they're fun, dude. Like, I watched The Bachelorette last year, and then uh, while we were oh. off, I watched Bachelor in Paradise, which is, like, yep. essentially all the Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants, they just, like, show up on an island and date each other. They do. And it's uh, that one, it's it's all right. Like, it was fun. It's, like, super interesting at first, and then when everyone kind of couples up, it gets a little boring. Right. And then the ending got, like, super dramatic, and that was fun. But, yeah, and then uh, other than those reality TV shows that I've watched – and a reality TV show that I'm excited for in The Bachelor, which I've never seen yet. Uh, I watched the second episode of The Last of Us, um, <gasps> HBO's The Last of Us, which I'm sure too. you watched What a as coincidence. Well. Oh, dude, that's such a coincidence. Um, and I absolutely love this episode. This show continues to knock it out of the park. They keep on making really interesting changes to the already existing lore and just expanding on it and you know, following these main plot points of the video game, but just putting a, you know, a slight twist on it here and there. So even as someone that has, you know, played the first Last of Us like three, four times at this point, if not more, um, I'm still on the edge of my seat and excited to see what's going to happen. They're just they're changing just enough while keeping it, you know, faithful to that source material. But what do you think, my friend? Um, I love it. I loved it as well. I, I thought it was great. Mm. I think it wasn't nearly as good as the first episode. I, I'm mm. now, I have that, uh, dislike of, of week to week fever. It's come back. 
You know what I mean? Like um, I don't yeah. like week to week shows and this is a 50 minute episode and I just was like, ah, oh, man, I just want to see more. I already know the story. Let's just see it play out. Like I, I again, mm. I cannot stand this week to week nonsense. It's so irritating, but HBO has always yeah. been like this. So I'm complaining to nothing, to no one. No one's going to change this. It's it's That's it's true. better for their marketing and their business plan to re- release things week to week. Actually, it was something I was going to mention. That's one of the things I really appreciate about Netflix recently, and I hope they don't go to a like a week to week type style of of release um, because they're doing something neat where they do half season releases, and I think that that's mm-hmm. a really good way to drum up hype while also sticking to their binge style of of watching that they've introduced to audiences everywhere. So I think that if yeah. they can keep doing that, like they did with. Ozark and what you know they did with Stranger Things and uh, various other shows. What they're doing with you? Yes, yeah, you is doing a split as well. So it's it's again it's like a, there's like three months, two months in between the halves of the season. It it's a good way to market the show while also giving I think customers what they want, which is that binge mm-hmm. style. I I think I don't know I I don't think I think you also agree with me in some way here too, and I think we're not in the minority in that we yeah believe that the binge style is is better and that i don't watch everything i don't binge anything actually but i will watch every day while i'm eating a meal um a new show and i rather not have to change the series that i'm watching each day of the week like i rather watch Mm -hmm. like for instance i've been watching what we do in the shadows i talked about that last week i want to be able to watch every you know each day a new episode as opposed to splitting it up and watching one episode of what we do in the shadows and then tomorrow i watch one episode of uh you know for all mankind and it's just mm-hmm. it's not my preferred way of watching but um other than that i think the show is great this again this episode i found to be worse than the first in in a couple ways but i feel like do the thing that they do in the best in the show is the way that they at least they've taken their time and they pace the action to build up anticipation they don't mm-hmm. just try to throw action scene after action scene action after action scene, which honestly the game can feel like at times, even The Last of Us can feel like, just because mm-hmm. they want to keep the audience's attention and you're playing a game. So there's a lot more combat, I feel like, in the game, at least yeah, up significantly this more. Yeah. In terms of like we've watched now, what, an hour and um, no, more than that, obviously. Like t- two plus hours at this point. Yeah, over two hours. So there was a lot more action in the game by this point. And I think that that that's the, some of the mastery of this series is they're, they're like putting it in small, the action in small doses, the violence in small doses, which is great. Mm-hmm. I also love how they've started each of the episodes. I think it's brilliant. I agree. Both of the episodes started really uniquely and we're not going to spoil it here because we're careful about that on Spill Focus, but it's, it's awesome how they started each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I would say that I would rate this episode because compa- we've been rating things that lately. Mm-hmm. I'd rate it a, a four out of five, actually, for episode. Two. That's fair. What do you rate it, Adrian? I, I don't know. I, I want to like I want to say five out of five again because like I loved the first episode and I, I agree that this is maybe not as good as that first episode, but I still think it was phenomenal and it did so many creative things, including like make it almost a horror at, at times. And yeah, you know me, I'm a, I'm a huge horror fan. So I think I'm still going to rate it a five out of five. So that brings yeah, it the, to the, the reason I'm rating it a, a 0.5 lower than the first episode. Cause I rated the first episode of 4.5 out of five is something I don't really want to talk about in detail here. Cause I don't want to spoil it. Um, mm. It actually has something to do with the danger, I guess the the looming danger in the show, and I, I don't want to get into too much detail. I think if we if we do like a, a closer look bonus episode of our podcast, then we, maybe we can get into what it is. I kind of feel like the, this how this episode faltered, but four four out of five is still amazing. So I, I think this is mm-hmm. an amazing series through and through, and I'm and I'm again very excited to see where it takes us. I agree. So that makes uh, this episode uh, a nine out of ten. Yeah, because you give it a five. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. I feel like every episode you're just going to give it a five. I'm, I'm excited to see what you I might. <laughs> give give the rest of the season. I might, dude. You don't, you don't, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you love The Last of Us. Well, what, what can you do? And it's like Craig Mazin, by the way. If you ever get a chance, Adrian, to watch Chernobyl, uh, which is his mm-hmm. previous series on HBO, it is masterfully done, and I I, I can feel and see the flavoring, like of the Chernobyl type of like uh cinematography and the way the story is being done in this show and i and i feel like that's why i was very excited about this the last of a show not only was it being developed by 
one of the creators of the game, like Neil Druckmann, but it was also being, it was also going on HBO, but it was also being developed by Craig Mazin, who's, mm-hmm. again, his history with Chernobyl is amazing. So it's, it's worth it if you have a second, because it's not too long. Well, it's not a second, but it's not as long as other shows. I think it's only six episodes. It's one whole second, the entire series. Yeah, one whole second. Wow. Yeah. yeah. If you're Matthew McConaughey in space. Wow. I understood that reference. Anyway, let's see what to do next. What should we talk about next? I guess we both watched the same thing. We both watched this next movie we're going to talk about in theaters. And we sat next to each other, not talking to each other about it at all, because we know we're, mm-hmm. we're very respectful of our audience. We don't talk outside this podcast. But Adrian, we ta- we watched together Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Oh, yeah, we did, Simon. And I'm wondering now what you thought about it. I truly loved this movie this movie has no reason to be this good it is heartfelt it is funny it is well voice acted it is incredibly well animated with a very unique style i haven't seen a dreamworks movie since i don't know how to drain your dragon the third how to drain your dragon um but i thought the animation style that they how had to drain your dragon yeah how to drain your dragon you gotta what yeah Anyways, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to go that vulgar. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, what were you thinking? That's not what I was thinking. Jeez Louise, Adrian, come Uh, on. This is a a children's show here. It's true. Um, (laughs) It's not a children's show. It's not a children's show, but I'm realizing now you've been less less sweary over the last two episodes. Am I wrong? Is it your mom? Is it because your mom comments on the fact that you- I I definitely said a few fucks. I, I definitely said a few fucks last week. Now I've said two. But, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, go on. You watched uh, but, How to Train Your Dragon. How to Drain Your Dragon. Train. Uh, oh, man. Uh, and um, But yeah, I, I haven't seen a DreamWorks movie since then. And I feel, I don't know if, I know the most recent DreamWorks movie, The Bad Guys, which was also very well rated. It's on Crave. So uh, me and uh, my lover, uh, my girlfriend are going to watch it uh, soon, probably. But this unique, uh, sorry, this movie had such a unique art style as well, almost reminiscent, but not exactly like, um, wh- uh, oh my God, why am I forgetting? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's not at, like yeah, as- Yeah, but not throughout though, only during exactly. certain parts. Like specifically the action scenes. It's it's like the, the cra- craziest thing about the animation is that it changes mm-hmm. so often, which is, is very interesting. It's- very artsy in a way you would not necessarily expect a DreamWorks movie to be. I agree. But yeah, specifically, as you just said, during the fight like or action sequences, it slows down the frame rate to that kind of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse type situation, mm-hmm. almost like a stop motion type of deal in a way with um, with the animation. And it's like very beautiful. It's like- I agree. Amazingly artistic. Dude, it's wild. I never thought in a million years I would say that like, this that a puss in boots movie has some of the coolest animated fight scenes i've ever seen you know what i mean yeah like it was fucking badass dude even like the like shit the way it's shot it's not always shot straight on the way that they mm-hmm. they uh emphasize certain characters looming over other characters or jumping through the air the the oh man there's just yeah it's so beautifully animated it's amazing mm-hmm. love it yeah, it's uh, yeah, just all in all, like I think this is uh, it's it's wild because I feel like DreamWorks is consistently thought of as like you know the third best animation studio. You know, you have your Disney or your Pixar, you have your Disney, and then you have your DreamWorks. But I think with this movie, I I want to say I probably enjoyed this more than any recent Disney movie for sure. But even Pixar movie, like I I absolutely adored Turning Red that came out last year, but you know, there were still a couple things that I had issues with. Um, whereas I can't think of any issues I had with this movie. Like I think the voice acting is absolutely brilliant, but like, and the chemistry between Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek's character is, is awesome. And they introduce these, you know, they have Florence Pugh in this movie playing uh Goldilocks and all that jazz. And it's, it's it, uh, John Mulaney's also in it. It's amazing. Like a very amazing, voice cast and again it's so funny like so funny i was laughing and emotional very much so i found it was emotional as well like i was crying i was laughing in some points almost right up against each other it reminded Mm. me honestly a little bit about the like the the movie that i feel like was the best movie of 2022 for me which was uh everything everywhere all at once 
Mm-hmm. She's just such a amazing film. And I, I was, again, crying, laughing. There's such crazy action in that mo- movie as well. And it just took me through like a roller coaster of emotions consistently. It did mm-hmm. that in this too. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the voice acting performances are amazing. I would also like to point out like Wagner Mora from um, Narcos. He plays um, Escobar. Pablo Escobar? Like the TV series Narcos? Yeah. Oh. I, Plays uh, Pablo Escobar in that? Oh, I know it from the memes. Oh, yeah. Him on the swing and all that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But Wagner Mora in this playing the wolf. Oh, my goodness. That performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's chilling for me. Yeah. I, I, I just thought, like, it's brilliant. The, the villains, they did definitely didn't have a villain problem. Like, they're villains. Both Jack Horner, played by John Mulaney, and his, like, Lobo wolf character is just unreal it, it yeah. they're just so cool and like they're gen, genuinely frightening i actually kind of thought like well i was thinking about this and i think the best animated movies are ones that are for the whole family like they could be mm-hmm. good for the parents and good for the kids this movie yeah. in some ways i feel like it would be kind of frightening for children in, in some aspects i don't know if you kind of found that but no i agree completely man i feel like this movie was way more adult than i assumed it would be obviously i can't look at this movie from a child's perspective because i ain't no child no more but i feel like this was a very adult movie and literally everyone in our theater was above the age of like 20 um for sure yeah to be fair we did go on a later showing it was like 9 10 ish but right there wasn't a single child in that theater and uh, real quick the weirdest thing happened at the end of the movie the the theater that we were in Everyone started clapping when the credits started rolling. What the fuck was that? <laughs> like that happens. Was, we've we've heard that many times before. You're making it sound like we've never been to a movie. <laughs> what are you doing? I can't. I can't think of another. T- when did that happen before? Maybe Avengers. Uh, I can't remember the exact Endgame. movie. I, oh, Avengers Endgame. It happened for sure. Yeah. yeah the, we the, we've been to many movies. That people clap. It's really weird. I think it's like yeah. one person claps and then a lot of people joining it join join in. It's like. When the plan lanes, uh, the plan, the plan lanes? lands, what the hell am I saying? The plane lands. Yeah. 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 It's like clapping when the plane lands and your airplane lands. It's very weird, but at least like you're clapping for the pilot. Like he's there. So it's like, oh, yay. Yeah. Thank you, pilot. You did great. We didn't die today, but mm-hmm. this is weird. There's no director there. So you're clapping for no one. Like <laughs> the, the guy sitting up there playing the movie on the digital machine. Yeah. Well, he's not even up there. I think it's automated in some way oh. now. It's not, <laughs> I think, but like, it's not like it's the Hollywood bowl or something, by the way, which is on my bucket list. Have you ever heard of the Hollywood bowl? I have no idea. No, what that is. No. So like you watch a movie in this movie theater kind of thing, but they have a live orchestra playing all the music. What? Isn't that cool? That's cool. I would do that for like a Christopher Nolan flick. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like Interstellar. How amazing would that be? Oh, dude. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Mm, that's now on my bucket list too. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I have to do that. It's it's in LA, but uh, like Los Angeles, California. But um, yeah. yeah, no, voice acting was amazing. Yeah, like Antonio Banderas was great. I thought that... Um, I thought that the... Uh, that Harvey... I don't know actually know how to pronounce his name. Is Guillen? 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 I don't know. Anyways, it's the dude from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series, who's awesome in that. And he's the mm-hmm. Perito. Perito. <laughs> there's so many there's so many laughs from that uh, little dog. Oh my goodness. What a what mm-hmm. a well-written movie. I agree. Could it have been better written for again, a Puss in Boots movie? I dare say no. Yeah, no. Definitely not. And um one last thing I'll say here is that uh, I feel like I feel like Joel Crawford, like the director who's like a storyboard board artist turned director who made this movie. Mm-hmm. I find that anything he makes next, I'm down. Like, I, I just yep, feel like I'm so impressed with this. I can't believe it. If I see his name come up in a trailer, I think I'm going to watch that animated movie. I just... I'll be there with you. I'm so shocked how much I enjoyed this. It, it's it's kind of shocking. Because again, Everything mm-hmm. Everywhere all, all at Once was, again, a masterpiece in my opinion. And I found that this, again, is the the newest masterpiece for the year for me so far. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if anything tops this movie. And it's kind of shocking because, <laughs> again, it's a Puss in Boots movie. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, it it's is. It's weird. I again, I felt a range, a serious range of emotions. Oh, oh yeah, I don't want to forget about this too. I always do this. It's like I'm like a Columbo like character. One more thing, but Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I think you might know why I'm bringing this up in a moment. 
deals with one specific thing so badly. And it's shocking because it's Disney and you think that Disney would be a little bit more self-aware. You've got these hero characters running around. You've got this massive, massive universe of characters who are all supposed to be heroes. And yet that mm-hmm. movie depicted mental health in one of the worst ways I've ever seen. It, it's terrible, mm-hmm. in my opinion, especially for a family kind of movie. I feel like that these Marvel movies are designed for that. And the way Doctor Strange treats Wanda Maximoff in that movie, I felt was very weird and off. And I I, I still can't believe it. It's still strange to me. And that's why I don't love that movie. This movie did the opposite in an interesting way. And I thought thought that the way they they dealt with mental health issues was very interesting, again, for a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of shocking that they did that. For this kids movie, when Multiverse of Madness is kind of for the whole family even more so, and that it's arguably for adults a lot more than this is. And so I really find that respectable in a, in a way that's not in your face either. It's not like it's like, you know, care more about me- people's mental health. It's not like that. It's, it's very, it's more subtle. In a, and it's like, I don't know, I, I've, I found myself caring about Antonio Banderas's Puss in Boots a lot more than I thought I would ever care about him. I just... I just never thought, I don't know. I just thought he was this, you know, he's a, he's a comedy relief character. He's a comic relief character. He's not, I don't know. It's shocking. It's shocking. Amazing film. Five out of five is my rating on this one. Right on, Simon. I am also going to give this movie a five out of five. I know we're only two episodes into this reboot, but this is our first 10 out of 10 of the year and it's very well-deserved. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And if you think we're a bunch of jokers, you know, giving this movie a, a 10 out of 10, you should go watch it. Go watch it at go. your nearest uh, Cineplex or AMC Theater yeah. or Cineworld or whatever the heck. Do it! Yeah. I guess uh, I guess we should move on to the news then, Adrian. What do you think? No. No? <laughs> Get more original, eh? This is, that's, 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 that's last, that's last boot or whatever. That's, Nine. that's the last edition of the show. Nine! It's <laughs> incredibly rude. You know what I do? All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on anyway. Let's begin with our focus news story this week, a story that we've determined to be the most exciting piece of news in the film and TV industry over the past seven days. As Publication Variety reports, Netflix announced some rather large pieces of news during its recent 2022 fourth quarter earnings report. First of all, they revealed some stellar subscriber gains. They overshot estimates and signed up 7.66 million subscribers on a budget of 4.5 million subscribers. In other words, from October through December of 2022, Netflix gained an additional 3.16 million subscribers over top of their planned subscriber increases. This fourth quarter of 2022 was also the launch period for their new ad-supported Netflix tier, which is priced at $6.99 in the United States and $5.99 per month here in Canada. Although the ad tier is the tier that currently boasts Netflix's lowest subscriber count, it was still said to influence their quarter four subscriber gains. Alongside the notice about their subscriber increases, it was also revealed that Netflix co-founder Reed Hastings would be stepping down from his position as Netflix co-CEO, with Netflix COO Greg Peters taking Hastings' place as co-CEO alongside co-CEO Ted Sarandos. Hastings will now step into a new role as an executive chairman. Netflix is also looking to curb their spending over the next few years in comparison to the last decade of free spending, with their 2023 original programming spending budget looking to stay the same as 2022 at a still whopping $17 billion. Lastly, another important touchstone during the earnings call was their plan to crack down on Netflix password sharing in order to drum up more revenue in 2023. Netflix is looking to start finding ways to charge out-of-household users that are sharing a Netflix password. These freeloading users, quote, will also have the option to pay extra if they want to share Netflix with people they don't live with, unquote. While the company will continue to encourage the option for users to migrate their Netflix profiles to a new account. Netflix claims that, quote, widespread account sharing of over 100 million households undermines our long-term ability to invest in and improve Netflix, as well as build our business, unquote. And these new password sharing payment plans are designed to fix this problem when they launch by the end of the first quarter of 2023. Adrian, this is a, quite a bit of Netflix news here. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, I think this news was launched or released, like their earnings call was released just around the time of that uh, sizzle reel, actually. But 
What do you make of all of this? What stands out to you here, uh, you know, apart from the obvious password sharing thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about for a bit? Yeah, I'll leave that uh, to the last um, thing that I want to talk about. I do want to bring up, you know, it's pretty impressive that they got an extra three point, you know, one six million subscribers over their planned, you know, increase, you know, between October and December. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's a lot. It's so much, dude. And I think a lot of that probably does have to do with the ad-supported tier. But I think another big factor is probably Wednesday, uh, which I haven't seen yet. But I know that is actually one of Netflix's most watched shows as well. Yeah, I know that it was very well liked amongst audiences. And, you know, there was a lot of people. I feel like everyone and their mother was talking about this um, TV series. And you watch this, right? Did you like it? I can't I remember. did. I, I liked it a lot. Me and my girlfriend watched it. And honestly, you know what? This is the the closest thing I can I can describe it as, like the closest, I guess, relevant other property that I can describe it as is honestly, uh, it's very much like Harry Potter, actually. Oh. In, in the way that it's designed, because it's Wednesday going to the school of of outsiders, of of misfits. And so they're they're they all have these weird, interesting powers and things like that. And there's like there's various houses as well. It's actually one of my criticisms of the show. I feel like they didn't emphasize the different parts of the school or the the dormitories as they do in mm-hmm. Harry Potter, where it seems like they're really leaning into that kind of Harry Potter type of uh, of idea. Yeah. Well, I would even argue that in Harry Potter, like they they don't even really jump into the other houses. You really just follow Gryffindor. And, you know, Slytherin with some of the characters, but like Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are pretty much non-existent. Like they, they're talked about here and there, but they're not really dived into in the in the movies, at least. So like, does this show have that similar problem? That's not what I mean, though. I, I'm saying like at the end of every every uh, movie, they they talk about who, you know, the house points and stuff yeah. like that. They're, they're, the houses are acknowledged. Ravenclaw clearly exists. The, the sorting hat exists. That's mm-hmm. something that almost... There, there's a there's a clear i feel like differentiator like or there's a the, the dividing lines between these different dormitories i feel like that was the thing they were going for in the show but they didn't really describe it that way uh. and that's kind of my weird criticism of it it felt like the the school could have been more of a character that what that i guess is what i'm trying to say oh i follow you in the way that new york city is a character in a spider-man movie or you know what i'm saying that's kind of what i feel like it, yeah. it didn't play into that enough considering what they had on their hands but um but Jenna Ortega does a great job as Wednesday, and they they bring mm-hmm. some pretty crazy, quirky characters in there. And I feel like they did a great job. It's a great show. It's worth watching. It's not like it's no ten out of ten Puss in Boots movie. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it's it's very enjoyable to watch, especially if you like Harry Potter. I think that's the again the Ooh. main main connection I'd make. I see. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch it. My girlfriend was kind of like she saw the trailer and she's like, eh, I don't know if I'll like this. It looks kind of cringy. So I don't know, maybe I'll watch like the first episode with her. And then if she doesn't like it, I'll just binge it myself. Okay. Because I'm a pretty big fan of Jenna Ortega. I think she's really great in, uh, I mean, she's awesome in you. She's in, I think she's introduced in the second season. And, you know, she was amazing in the horror movie that came out last year, X. Also Scream 5 she's in. Scream 6, which is coming out this year, she's also in. So like she's blowing up big. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been a fan of pretty much everything I've seen her in thus far. So it's pretty neat. Pretty neat stuff. Cool. Yeah. Anything else stand out to you? Um, I mean, you know, the co-founder Reed Hastings stepping down. Um, you know, it's interesting, I guess, but I don't have too much uh, to to talk about that. Um, I would say one thing that's interesting too is the the five ninety nine price in Canada, whereas six ninety nine in, in the states for the ad tier. Oh yeah, I was shocked when I saw that and I looked that up. It's <laughs> like, what do you mean? Why the Canadian dollar is definitely has a worse value than the American dollar. Mm-hmm. So obviously in the States, there's more of a push for the ad advertisement tier of Netflix uh, than mm-hmm. there is in Canada. I guess it wasn't very popular here in Canada. It wasn't popular yeah. in general, um, but in comparison to the rest of the, the Netflix tiers. It's funny though, because I don't know if you know this, but like that tier doesn't have all of the movies and TV shows. Some of them are not even it- included in it. It's such a stupid, I would not pay money for that, have ads, and then also not even get all the content. It's such a dumb yeah. idea, in my opinion. But Do they only have like the Netflix original stuff in there, or do they not have some of the Netflix original stuff? I don't know what's in there or not, because it's weird, because mm. if you look at the Netflix website of the chart uh, that shows yeah. all the different tiers, 
for that one, it just says some content not available. So wouldn't it have been easier to, just for them to say only has the Netflix stuff? I feel like it doesn't just only have mm-hmm. the Netflix stuff. I think there's other stuff there too, but I, I haven't see. tried it. So I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that is quite interesting though. Um, but yeah, also on top of that, you know, Netflix kind of looking to curb their spending over the next few years. I, I don't know, like curb as in like they're, they're looking to spend less. I find it odd because Netflix, I think Netflix's biggest issue. And I would make an argument for, you know, TV shows that do air week to week over Netflix's, you know, you binge it all at once is that a lot of Netflix's TV shows when they dropped, they gained popularity pretty much right away or they don't at all. So it's hard to kind of get invested in a lot of Netflix's like new original programming. And I mean, for some of those series is like you got to wait two, three years before they come out with their next season. Whereas if you're watching a show, you know, week to week, yeah, maybe you have to wait a week and a, you know, another year and a bit, but at least it's spread out more. So it keeps the conversation going. I am glad that Netflix is still doing the binge walking, watching stuff, but I, I see the argument for other uh, streaming services um, doing a week to week sort of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I find that a little bit odd because Netflix cancels so many of their tv show programs like relatively quick i know that 1899 show which they released i think it was by the creator of that uh, tv show dark which i know is like critically well liked and was well liked by a lot of people you know a bunch of people watch that 1899 show got super invested and then they just ended up canning it fairly quickly it's it's kind of unfortunate i don't know netflix does things you know not in a way i, I particularly love so hmm. yeah. yeah they've been dropping things a lot more readily especially because the last year i mean this all this news is a surprise because last year they did terribly like netflix did they lost like considering what they thought that they would gain um in the beginning of last year they they did completely miss the mark for their subscriber counts um Mm -hmm. in one of their earnings calls i can't remember if that was uh, quarter two or quarter one i think it was quarter two Uh, and it completely it shook the industry because everyone was like whoa i guess we all have to buckle down if Netflix is having this struggle because they're the king of streaming. Mm. At least they were cur- at that point. Um, but they seem to have bounced back. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, let's get into the, the big news here, which is uh, the good old Netflix password sharing plans. They're a crackdown on Netflix password sharing by trying to get customers to pay an extra fee for password sharing. Yeah, this is a very controversial topic. I am uh, curious what you think about it. We talked about this definitely on our podcast when mm-hmm. it was first announced that they were doing this. They were doing um, a pilot in South America to see how this, again, trying to get customers to pay extra would go over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess it was sort of successful because they're clearly still trying to get to still trying to do this but what do you think about this overall thing well i think this is dumb like i really don't like this as an idea i think i guess from a business standpoint maybe like i'm sure it'll benefit them i'm sure they're gonna make a lot of money off this but i i just think for the consumer if you are a consumer of netflix and you support this i i cannot fathom any reason why them saying like oh this will give us you know more money to invest in and improve Netflix. Okay. But they just said that they're going to spend less money anyways. And a lot of the stuff they invest in, they tend to cancel early on. I just can't really wrap my head around why anyone would support this move personally. I think it's stupid because it should be like family based or they should do what Crave does, which I think Crave, which is a Canadian streaming services where you register specific devices. You have five devices that are registered by Crave that you can stream off of. So, you know, I have my cell phone, I have my TV, uh, sorry, I have my PlayStation now. Um, I have my parents' TV, I think my mom's phone and my dad's phone or my sister's phone, I don't know. Uh, And, you know, it's those five devices, those are registered and that's what you can watch Crave on. And I think that's a way better play because we're all in the same family. Like, it's not like, I'm giving this out to like all of my friends. I'm not sharing, you know, this Netflix account with every single person I know. Like my sister doesn't live at home. She uses the same Netflix account that me and my parents do. Now we have to pay extra because she doesn't live with us anymore. I think that's stupid and a awful, awful like business decision personally. Again, maybe it'll benefit them in the long run. But I think as a consumer, there is no reason why you should support this. What do you think? 
I completely agree. And it's interesting because uh, I, I was going to write this in the write-up, but I just uh, I forgot about it, actually. There was a part in that uh, Variety article that mentioned that they, they plan on seeing some um, a reaction cancellations. They mm-hmm. actually do plan on that. But in the long run, they believe that it will pan out. And that's interesting that they actually had to say that. They clearly mm-hmm. know that that's going to happen. It's interesting because I wonder if the cancellations that they expect, are are they revenge cancellations? Like, how dare you? Or... What do they think they are? My cancellation, because if I cancel, this is the reason why it would be, would be because I literally share it with my family and we've shared it since we lived in the same household. And if I cancel, it will be because there's no dependence anymore. No one's depending on Netflix to exist. I'm not always watching Netflix shows. I have every streaming service, Crave, Disney Plus. I've got Amazon Prime Video. I've got Apple TV Plus. I mean, I don't have all of them. There's also Paramount Plus and I'm sure others I'm not, I'm forgetting here. Yeah, all the extra channels and stuff. Right. But that's a lot of streaming services to be paying at this point where I'm just paying for cable, like in terms of price almost. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite maybe, but maybe I'm saving a little bit. But the idea is like, so if I cancel it, it's going to be because, well, I don't have any dependence. I'm independent on my account. And it's because me and my girlfriend aren't currently watching a Netflix show, and now we can cancel it so that we can just make way for the money for other streaming services. Netflix is the most expensive streaming service that I pay for. Mm -hmm. It's $21. Yeah. Uh, Every other streaming service is less than that. So they are not thinking it through because not all of my family is ever even watching Netflix uh, months on months. I don't think my sister has watched Netflix in months. My brother, I don't think, has either. My dad's kind of the only one that's done it maybe more consistently. Uh, and then me and my my girlfriend watch it, uh, I guess, once a maybe once a month, maybe once every two months when we find a show or something to watch. So it just kind of depends mm-hmm. on what we're into. But there's so many other streaming services, so much competition. This is actually good for me if they do this in a way because it's going to force me to cancel it so I can only pay for it for six months of the year. I just don't understand. This is a silly thing. I don't think they thought through because I am keeping it because I have dependent people who all watch this service. So I think mm-hmm. that this is a mistake. And I, I agree with you. I literally have the Crave thing in my notes. That's the best way to do it. Who cares about the IP address? Because how are they even going to crack this? Crack down on this? I'm so curious. Is, is that a weird privacy thing? Like, oh, well, my family, you know, they're living elsewhere. What if somebody just moved away for six months for school? Like, and then they yeah. come back home. Like what? What are you doing then? Are you just saying, "Hey, you're not paying for this. We have to. You have to pay this extra. I don't know, five dollars per month because you clearly have somebody who's who's freeloading." Well, yeah. Or even if you just go on freaking vacation with your family somewhere and you're gone for like a month somewhere. No, that like, doesn't matter. Apparently. Oh no! Like I, apparently they they said something about that. Actually, that was part of the the earnings call. They mentioned, "Don't worry if you leave for a brief moment." If you leave the country or something, you'll still have your access. There's there's something about that, but you're right. Maybe a month is a long time for a vacation, so maybe that's mm. the limit. What, what is the limit? You make a good point. Like, where does it end? <laughs> Where's the line? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's silly. Uh, and um, I agree. It's soon. Uh, that's also what I would say. Like quarter one ends what at the end of March. So I'm curious. Yeah, depending on when their fiscal year is, yeah. I'm actually not that afraid of this, though. I, I'm actually, again, try me, Netflix. Like, I, I'm i kind of curious. Like, I, I'm Do it. interested to not pay $22, $21 a month. Yeah. What, $23, $24 with tax? Like, let's... Let's see what this is like to just cancel an account and, and come back. I can't do that with Crave. I can't do that with Disney+. Plus. I've got a lot of people watching it. I'm happy to to pay mm-hmm. for it if everyone's having a good time watching it. But this is one of those things. Like The reason I keep Amazon Prime Video is because of the two-day shipping. Like You know what I mean? Like I don't watch that much on Amazon Prime Video. Probably the least I watch on Amazon Prime Video. But the two-day mm-hmm. shipping helps. And so like it keeps me in because there's two different things. I keep Apple TV Plus because it's, well, everyone's sharing that one too, but I've got also all of my stuff tied in. Netflix has no tie-ins for me and I definitely am not interested in Netflix gaming. So <laughs> let's just say that. Yeah, me neither. It's interesting. Try me, Netflix. Try me. Let's, Do see, it. What, let's see how this goes. I'm curious. See, it's curious how this goes for them in the United States, which clearly is a different market than Canada as an example because <laughs> apparently mm-hmm. the ad tier is more costly in the US, even though the dollar is worth more. So different markets might have different responses is my point. Yeah. I'm very curious about this, but I think it's a bad business decision, as you say. 
All right, Adrian. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present seven of the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. As Publication Variety reports, 21-time Academy Award-nominated actor Meryl Streep has been cast in the third season of the Martin Short Steve Martin comedy series Only Murders in the Building. Oh, Meryl Streep, totally overrated, as I always say. Um, but I watched the second season of Only Murders in the Building, and it was great. So I'm excited for season three. Indeed. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm joking, by the way, about Meryl Streep being overrated. I just want to clarify that's a reference to former President Donald Trump when he said that she was overrated, which I found hilarious. Number two. As Publication Deadline reports, the pilot episode for HBO TV series The Last Last of Us managed to garner the second largest viewership for an HBO premiere in 10 years with 4.7 million viewers tuning in. The most popular HBO premiere in 10 years was HBO's launch of Game of Thrones spin-off series, House of the Dragon. Ooh, I was a part of both of those. Really great. And just recently, actually, they said that the uh, second episode of The Last of Us saw, I think, a 22% growth in viewership uh, compared to the first episode, which is the largest growth in HBO history. Whoa. Wow. Well, we will. Number three. As Variety reports, the incredibly popular Apple TV Plus comedy series Ted Lasso will launch the first episode of season three in the spring of 2023. The release date announcement for the potentially final season of Ted Lasso was given alongside a marketing photo that focuses on the rivalry between head coach Lasso and coach Nathan. Amazing. I can't wait for this. I love Ted Lasso. What a phenomenal show. Did you see that? Did you see that photo? Oh, I did. I did. It's intense. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. Very. What a show. Number four. In a letter to fans released online, the Cobra Kai creators, Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg, announced that the upcoming sixth season of Netflix's Karate Kid spin-off TV series will be its last. The letter also teased some Cobra Kai spin-off TV shows that the creators seem to be dubbing a part of the overarching Miyagi-verse. Oh, cool. Yeah, that fifth season was great. I really like Cobra Kai. I'm excited for the sixth season. Curious what they're going to do with these spin-offs. Bring it. Bring it on, baby. Number five. As Variety reports, horror film production company Bloomhouse is developing a sequel to the AI doll-based 2022 horror film Megan. The sequel will also feature original Megan stars Allison Williams and Violet McGraw. Oh, okay. I really liked M3 Gan. We watched that uh, together in the theaters as well. Didn't talk, but that was a really fun horror flick. Incredibly funny as well. What they should do with the naming structure here, Simon, is they should do M E G and then make the four, or like an A, a four, and then N. Oh. So they should do. I believe the the original film was actually called Mathrigan, but uh, anyway. Mathrigan. Mm. Number six. As Variety has reported, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences CEO Bill Kramer announced that as of the closing of the polls on Tuesday, January 17th, the voting for the Oscar nominees has broken participation records in 2023. Wow. As Variety also notes... This will be the second year in a row that there will be 10 nominees for Best Picture. Oh, interesting. Uh, by the time this episode posts, the nominees will be stated. They will be out there. So I'm sure we'll talk about this in further detail next week, Simon. Indeed. Number seven. As announced by Amazon by way of a YouTube teaser trailer, the second season of the animated TV series adaptation for author Robert Kirkman's comic book series Invincible is on the way and is planned for a release sometime in 2023 on Amazon Prime Video. Heck yeah, let's do it. I can't wait. That uh, teaser was really good, eh? Indeed. And that concludes the montage. Yeah, honestly, uh, what did you think about that? It was like two and a half minutes long, that YouTube teaser trailer for Invincible. I'm very excited for this. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it uh, mm -hmm. featured good old um, Stephen Ewan and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, yes. Gotta love him. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Very meta. Yeah, very meta. They talked about making the animation, which was neat because mm -hmm. it's an animated show. <laughs> yeah. Very good. It was It was good. I uh, I kind of wonder about the point of it because they don't even have a I mean, sometime in 2023 is kind of incredibly broad. Yeah. So I so, kind of wish it was a bit more specific, but it was nice to see those characters back. That's 11 months. Yeah. It's 11 months, Simon. Yeah. And I just, I find that release dates like this because of our, uh, we, we, you know, follow the video game industry pretty well. And mm -hmm. we also find that things get delayed 
I mean, everyone finds that things get delayed very quickly and this is animated. So I'm wondering if there's any chance that this will also just get delayed to 2024, like out of the blue. I I feel like that could happen if you're not willing to even say spring of 2023 or winter of 2023. Like you can't say anything. You just say 2023. So I'm curious about that. But I did like the teaser. I enjoyed it very much. And I like the first season quite a bit. It's quite shocking. Me too. In a lot of ways. But yes, Adrian, what do you have for me, my friend? What do you have for me? I got new theatrical releases with special streaming mentions for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> special streaming mentions. Yeah, dude. What are they? Well, okay. So um, this is for the week of Wednesday, January 25th. And uh, to... to Tuesday, January 31st. There's really only one major movie coming out into theaters uh, this week, my friend, and it's Infinity Pool, which is coming out Friday, January 27th. This uh, is Brandon Cronenberg's new flick about a world where any crime committed is punished with execution. But if you got the money, you can clone yourself and watch your clone die instead. Oh, Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has like Alexander Skarsgård in it and Mia Goth. Mia Goth, another, or mm. Maya Goth. I think it's Mia Goth. Uh, another awesome actress that's kind of like a scream queen as well, similar to Jenna Ortega. Like she was also an ex, and uh, she was also in the the X prequel movie Pearl, which I actually liked even more than X. I thought that was, that movie was stellar. And the reality TV show The X Factor. I don't think she was on that, but she could be. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. Sorry. Okay. Just okay. It has X in it, so I believed you, man. I'll believe you. I, I would throw that in there. Anything you tell me, I know. Tell me something. Tell me something right now. Uh, uh birds fly in the sky. I believe you. Wow. I know you should because it's true. It's a true statement. I didn't. I said it honest thing. I believe. I believe you. Yeah, it is. You should because it's real, and you know that because you've seen a bird fly. What a stupid thing to say. Adrian, come on. Let's move on. Oh, my God, dude. Anyways, that's really the main theatrical release that I wrote down here. And then in terms of special streaming mentions, I already talked about You People, the Netflix movie that's coming out this Friday. But there's also Shotgun Wedding, which is coming out on Amazon Video, Amazon Prime Video this Friday, uh, starring Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel that try to save uh, their family. I, I don't know what what did I right here try to save family at their destination wedding from people with shotguns presumably yeah yeah sure what that's what I wrote that's what I'll read it's terribly written thank you was there supposed to be like comic like were you trying to be funny no because your comedic timing was not good not- I know Simon I know you want me to repeat it all right this movie yeah. is <laughs> let's do a do-over do-over ready okay three yeah two one action anyways for a special streaming mention there is the shotgun wedding movie which is an amazon prime original movie starring jennifer lopez and josh duhamel that try to save family at their dis- <laughs> uh <laughs> he's just reading it again he's got supposed to read past the terrible grammar at their destination wedding from people with shotguns presumably <laughs> oh thanks yeah All that right. really fixed it you, you really killed it there wow good job <laughs> thanks man i appreciate Incredible. it but that's it that's all baby you know what i uh, find interesting Sh- shotgun wedding is not coming to theaters is that correct i i think you're right about that i didn't see anything about that amazon no no i'm t- asking they- you what do you mean you're right oh. about that? I'm asking you. It's a question. I put a question mark at the end of the sentence. Jeez Louise. Well, I don't know. I didn't. You didn't type it out for me. Jeez Louise. Um, How much onion did you get in your eye? So much onion, dude. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's not going to theaters. Okay. The reason I'm pointing that out as well is because um, there was also a little bit of news this week that uh, the Nike movie that uh, Ben Affleck is, is directing, I think he's going to be starring in it with uh, Matt Damon, his buddy Matt Damon. That mm. movie is an Amazon Studios movie that is going to theaters. Like that will have a theatrical release. And mm. Amazon was interesting because unlike Netflix, which kind of like fakes it and throws things in theaters for a few weeks or something like that, you know, like what they did mm-hmm. that they did with Knives Out, that thing they did with that. And I think they put the Irishman into theaters for like a week. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, Uncut Gems. That was a stress inducing movie that was in theaters. Marriage story as well. Yeah. Right. But they're only in theaters for like a second, like Netflix movies. Yeah. The Amazon movies, a lot of them, like the Amazon Studios movies, go into theaters. I think there's a lot more respect for the theatrical experience. And so they before COVID, from what I remember, they were launching them in theaters exclusively for a little bit of time. Like I think it was a few mm-hmm. weeks to a month to two months. Um, but 
but Netflix never had that respect. So I, so this new Nike movie called Air, uh, both like the Air and Nike shoes or whatever. The salesman. It was the salesman who sold Nike to Michael Jordan. I think it was. I think that was the. Mm. I think. I'm pretty sure. I think. I think that's what it's about. I believe you. It's about the guy who was able to to sign that deal. I trust you. Uh, don't trust me. I, I'm, I'm saying I might not be right. I believe everything you tell me. I'm, I'm, I'm 85% correct. I believe you. Well, well, then believe that I'm 85% correct on this fact. But anyway, that a movie I'm very excited for. I'm actually excited to see that. That's coming out in April, I believe it is. And it's coming out to theaters. Cool, man. So that's cool. Yes, indeed. Super cool, dude. Adrian, this pretty much wraps up our regular scheduled programming for this podcast. It does. This episode. Do you have anything else to add to our audience before we sign off? Um, no, not no, I mean, you know what? Yeah. You can uh we've been doing TikTok videos as well as YouTube shorts. You can find us on both TikTok and YouTube uh by looking for jar J A R underscore split focus. J A R stands for just another review. Um, which uh is, you know, just quick little reviews, one minute you know, short videos where we're going to review things, maybe break down things. Uh, we have a video out about, you know, seven major changes of The Last of Us, an episode one review that's not as, you know, in-depth as we had last week. But, you know, you can check some stuff out there. Uh, we're also on Instagram at jar underscore split focus. We just post the same videos there if you want to check that out. Um, otherwise, though, not much else to say, my good chap, Simon. I had a pleasure talking to you today. And I had a pleasure talking to you so to our audience, I say thank you for listening to the 102nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Tis I, Adrian Pinter. Thank you very much for listening once again. And as always, Batman v Superman is a good movie. And so is Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Also, Avatar sucks. Not a fan of that first movie. Not a good movie. We're adding to it. I'm going to keep on adding to it. Take care. Good no, night. Goodbye. Don't keep adding to it. We're, we're meant to do shorter episodes that are more concise. Adrian, how many times have we talked about this? Please. Just one call out is enough. That's all that's needed. Anyways, I'm now prolonging this, so I'm going to sign off. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Avatar sucks. No, it doesn't. That's just average. Goodbye.